0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series, from current events to fascinating finds, to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper podcast. My name is Mo, executive pastor at Conduit Church. Joined this week, like most weeks except for last week, uh, Darren Tyler, our lead pastor, And last week, if you remember, we had Joel and Joey, our kids ministry and youth ministry leaders uh, to talk through all things youth and what this last year looked like with the pandemic and politics and this, that and the other. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, we would encourage you maybe to jump back and catch that super special podcast with just a lot of great feedback and a lot of great information and that was because Darren was out of town and took his first trip in the past 12 months uh, over to Haiti and so welcome back Darren I am really glad to be back I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad you're back too and not you know quarantined or kidnapped kidnapped yeah, I mean, yeah those, those were, were the two, two yeah there.
1: the two goals that I had which I thought were noble goals, which is to uh, not get quarantined nor kidnapped correct um I did something kind of un-kind maybe so to my wife, I didn't tell her ahead of time about the uptick uh, in kidnappings in Haiti and I almost hesitate to say it here because then people think, well I'm never going to go to Haiti again and sure. So maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe we'll have to strike this. But but I didn't tell her. But here's the thing: my wife would have said go anyway. Like she wouldn't have been right. uh, That's the. A long time ago, I told her what what a missionary told me, which is you are immortal this side of heaven until God is done with you, and then whether you're in Main Street Franklin or Main Street Port of Prince, you are gone. Um, Which is (laughs) it's given me peace, but it's actually given her more way more peace than me. Like there are things, there are countries that I'm talking about. You know, should I go? Should I not? And she's like, "No, no, go, go, go!" Yeah. yeah. And part of me thinks, well, she knows that our, my life insurance policy uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has got her covered. But no, no, that's not fair to her. Uh, <laughs> she genuinely believes. Uh, God, she just believes, has faith. So, yeah. well, I'm, I'm
0: glad our church family is glad that you're back. And but I guess more importantly, what what exactly what was accomplished? I mean, this has yeah. been 12 months since you,
1: yeah, stepped foot there. Yeah, part of what. I felt I wanted to do... Haitians are used to people coming and leaving and not coming back. Mm. Um, I remember that so vividly, like in the early days, of how surprised they were when I came back. Mm. Uh, because they're used to a short-term trip and, oh, we love you and we get our pictures and we're coming back and then they never see them again. Um, right. And so I, I don't know. I felt like you know the gospel is a keep coming back gospel. Um, mm-hmm. Paul kept coming back. And Jesus is coming back, true, so part of what I felt that we needed to do was to just get back there. They just needed to be seen to be to know they haven't been forgotten and uh I was scheduled to be there February seventh, if you remember,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh their president um decided this year that it even though his term is up that he is, uh, he's giving himself an extra year um He's fired the Senate. Uh, he fired uh, the Supreme Court. He actually arrested one of them. Uh, I, it's kind of funny to me because I hear people talk about Donald Trump as a tyrant. I'm like, well, if he's a tyrant, <laughs> he's not a very good one. Like, he really sucks at being a tyrant because right. what a tyrant does is you fire the Senate and they go home. Like, they went home. There's no Senate. Like, he's literally wow. do- uh, ruling by decree. And uh, so February 7th was the deadline of that. My flight was supposed to land on February 7th. And wow. so we just thought, you know, uh, we're not going to take an unnecessary risk. So we, we postponed for a couple of weeks. And so what was accomplished was being seen and seeing, and at the same time, just sitting with Lafleur and saying, what is the Lord leading you to do yeah. in these coming years? And uh, we've already got a piece of land. We've already raised some money for this. Um, we are going to build, and I know you guys talked a little bit about that in the podcast last week. Uh, we're building a school that's a school. Um, a lot of schools in developing nations are like cracks and crevices, and I just want them to see the value of an education by seeing the value of that we're putting into the building, right? Um, uh, uh, that's desirable to be there, yeah. and so we're gonna break ground on that. Um, Jim exciting. Henderson's working on some stuff with uh, uh architects, and, uh, and and at the same time, uh, we're gonna buy a piece of land right next to restoration house already funded but that'll let those 20 girls it's actually 19 girls have a place to play
0: it's awesome yeah
1: yeah they go home right now and they go home like there's it's like a i don't know how to explain it but it's like a giant aquarium made out of concrete with a house inside of it and it's not safe for them to go outside and hang out so they go home and they're home they go to school they go to school and that's kind of it and so we want a playground for them. We want to put that in. So that's going to happen. And we're going to plant two more churches um, in the mountains. Um, oh, wow. A place called Gimbi and Le Montagne. And uh, both of them are places. Here's how you know it's bad. Le Fleur was griping about how far away it is.
0: That's bad.
1: Like, it's bad. He called it a donkey path. Um, like but, the
0: roads are just not roads, they're trails. Yeah,
1: he's like, the vans that we take, you cannot take. There's a point oh, wow. where we have to get out and and rent like a Toyota, uh, f- like forerunner, not even a forerunner, uh, land cruiser, like mm-hmm. to get there. And then the last part you have to walk. And oh, so, wow. but you know, what's in the middle of all that are a bunch of people who, who need Jesus and who need hope. There's no school. There's no nothing. Uh, we've been sending food up there. So anyway, that's, that's what we're going to be doing this next year. There's going to be a couple new churches. Um, I'm headed back in May. Uh, the graduate, uh, the Bible school is going to graduate another twelve. Um, and oh, I wow. t- told them this time that the top uh, three students of this class, grade-wise, we will support financially to go be pastors in these remote places. Mm, that's really cool. Um, so work really hard for your grades. Uh, and they're so excited. Like They're so excited about that. That's great. Think about how that is. It would be like getting so excited to go to the most remote parts of Appalachia
0: Hmm. like to plant a church
1: church, and they were stoked about that. So anyway, that's what, that's what we did.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is just because we haven't been able to travel there doesn't mean that things aren't happening there. Um, Between the school restoration ministries, the restoration house. I mean, there's some incredible things that are happening there. And in part, because of the, the people that have graduated from these schools yes. like they're running it themselves now it's y- yes. not just you know conduits running these these uh these ministries they are self-sustained um you know god-seeking yeah. ministries that are up and running on their own in their own communities
1: yes 100 percent. like that's what's happening um a little community called de montreal where there's a pastor named larry john uh, one of the things I love about Haitians Larry John can I say this uh if you're listening to you from Haiti, this is just you know I find this hilarious <laughs> they will uh they're close enough to America where there are certain things from their culture will make our culture make it into their culture, but they don't necessarily know how it's supposed to go together right so you remember when you're there you get up uh, there's a you have spaghetti yeah. and little sliced up hot dogs um for breakfast mm-hmm. because in their mind that's spaghetti and hot dogs uh because it looks like a sausage, so they kind of put it together, spaghetti hot dogs that's sometimes what they do with names um smash them up yeah like because yeah, like john mark like there are certain names we know go together you know Anne marie whatever but they threw larry john together <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, his mama said what a beautiful baby we're gonna name uh... you larry john and it's not like two names it's like a name like it's yeah. there's no break in it anyway right. larry john uh is one of the pastors uh Nay yeah. is a pastor these are bible college graduates When we, in the last year, needed to send food, when we needed to send help, uh, 15 years ago, in fact, I'll tell you when it was, it was earthquake, when I realized that we got there, they came together, they were all on the church property, uh, loving each other, but nobody went for help. Hmm. And I realized that we had been there five years, and I had failed because we had not trained leaders. Yeah, because what they were doing was waiting for help. What somebody should have been doing is get to the freaking airport. Yeah, Go get help. Go yeah. shake the sugar tree, whatever. And so that uh, this last 10 years has been about that. The Bible Institute is about that, training men and women. Mm-hmm. So now when we need to send help, we send the, the finances, and they'll go buy the food. They'll source it. They'll go to the Dominican border, whatever they got to do. And then they send the church people out to run the distribution just like we would in America. Right. Haitians helping Haitians and I mean it's the kingdom of God yeah, at that the disciples. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. You know, and that's like LeFleur, like saying hey we're going to go to this Gimby. Like nobody wants to go to Gimby. Yeah. Um but he wants to go because the gospel is needed in Gimby. Jesus didn't say go almost to the ends of the earth and then invite everybody to meet you there. He said go to the ends of the earth. Right. And so and now instead of finding um, some American couple that is is gonna whatever, that wouldn't be stoked to go to Gimby, right. we're saying, hey, we don't need Americans there. We need Jesus people there. And if it's a Haitian Jesus person, that's even better. So that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's I'm excited. It's in May. We'll be there. We'll graduate another class we'll send them out they'll be leading the churches Love um 10 years from now i hope that we have 15 20 churches in in that part of
0: the country all led
1: by people from the bible institute yeah it's fantastic so yeah i get excited about that
0: well this past week we continued our our series our triple threat series yeah and wrapped up first corinthians chapter 12 and um you know you went a little deeper this week i did stepped on some toes Bruised a few people here and there along the way, I'm sure, with their ideologies. Or maybe not. Maybe I don't it was, know, maybe. Maybe yeah. it was more unifying than than you think. Because um, there's, there's some things that Paul is talking about in Corinthians that absolutely rages against the machine and pushes back on the culture. And it's amazing that all of these years later, that it's r- relevant to today here in America— and across the world, but specifically in our time right now in America, yeah. where there is division and unity as it pertains to uh, the Christian church and in culture. Yeah. It's on our doorstep.
1: It's, it's yeah, I, it's on the doorstep. You know, it, it's funny. So the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church was actually offense language. That was supposed to go against the gates of hell and kick down the gates but I wonder if there's an inverse of where the gates of hell are pounding on the doors of the church. Sure. And the Bible never said that the gates of the church will not, you know, will shall not prevail uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, like against the, the enemy. But it's like we, we're we supposed to be continually moving forward with it. And when we've – it's almost like, you know, Jesus, in the language he used in uh, uh, Revelation 3, the 16, I stand at the door and knock, you know, and if you will invite me in, I will come in. I will um, – that there are other people that want to stand at the door and knock. Right, yeah, that's true. That we've invited in.
0: And, um, you know, we touched on this just a little bit last week, actually, in and, and I was kind of passionate about it, and I think we all are passionate about it A Conduit, is just, you know, just this reminder, you know, make no mistake about it, our kids are, at, are on the front lines of the battle. Yes. Uh, when it comes to this exact conversation, if they can get to the children. Yes. They can, you know, really sway uh, what, and define things the way they would without Christ. It, it is a uh, a challenge that, having raised a daughter that
1: started in 1996, okay, so she's um, a little bit older than Micah, but, you know, she was part of the age where she wasn't on screens the whole time that came later in her life, but... Uh, I'm raising her, I raised her and I've got Ethan and I, I feel like mm-hmm. I am raising a son in a 100% different culture than what Maddie was even raised in. And it's not just porn. Like that is it. That's huge. Sure. Right.
0: Right. But it's not just porn. It's ideas, ideas, information.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're buzzing through the TikTok. And, you know, my son has suddenly got a love for cars that I assure you he did not get from me. <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's actually, uh, if, I'm, if I'm being really honest, it's hilarious. Because every time uh, we see a car that he just loves, 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 generally speaking, uh, a guy from Central America or Mexico is going to get out of it. <laughs> it's like, dude, that makes you cool, man, I think. But it's like, you know, yeah. low rider. But, but point. So he's being. uh shaped by culture that is coming through screens and at the same time then the that same culture is shaping it through our kids through ideas of sexuality through ideas of identity through ideas of of what is truth and in politics (laughs) and you know i i know that every parent is sort of in that, and we can, you know, do what our parents did, which is rail against the evils of TV and don't watch TV or don't watch so much TV. And what did we do? We watched more TV. Um, and I feel like part of what we have to, what we get to do. And I think that's why Paul sets up first Corinthians in this way was he wasn't making it about shaming them, but about engaging them with the power of the Holy spirit in their lives, that that is going to be the power that'll help them to overcome. Yeah, And the best sermons, the best arguments, the best, it's important. Truth is important. Anybody that knows me knows that that's the first place I'm going to hit it from. And, but I felt like the Lord has just really been shaping me, reminding me that the things that like hooked me for the long haul were ex... Experiences with the power of God in my life, right? Straight up. Yeah. And that's what Paul does in this letter. Like he comes at him and says, Hey, you guys are divided over your leaders, you're divided over your culture, you're divided over your class systems the rich, the poor, the Jews, the Gentiles. And what you really need is a real live experience with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, He doesn't say that it's not important to, uh, that doctrine is not important. He never says that. In fact, he defines unity, quite honestly, uh, one of the best definitions, Um, when he says this in verse 10 of chapter 1, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly, this is it, united in mind and thought. Like, there, it is important to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was crucified, resurrected. In fact, he's going to end this book saying, if he hadn't resurrected, we're all screwed. We right. might as well go home, get jobs. It's why I never understand the guys that are in girls in the progressive Christianity world, trying to run a, a progressive Christian church. All due respect, if Jesus, if we don't know whether he resurrected from the dead— yeah. go home, yeah, get doing? a job. Like, you know, Mo and I left careers where we made money, right? Like we could, <laughs> we could go make money. Like there's no, this isn't a job. There is no church of Gandhi, right? There, there's no there's Buddhist temples out there, whatever. But that, it's not like this is not, Jesus never said, he didn't leave us that option. Maybe that's right. what I want to say. He didn't leave us the option to say that he's not the son of God. You can say that he was something else, but you can't say that it's true because he didn't, he himself didn't believe that. It's like you're believing something about Jesus that he didn't believe about Jesus. That is important. That kind of unity is important. But Paul goes the rest of the way, and by the time we get to 1 Corinthians 12, these nine spiritual gifts is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, because that is what is needed in, an, in, a, in a culturally— um, in a culture offensive to the scripture that is that offended by the scripture that we need the power of the Holy spirit in our lives. Uh, it, 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 it's why he offered it. He didn't just offer it as like a nice gift, like a right. a birthday present. This is like, I, you need this to make it through this world.
0: And the Holy spirit is, is who we look to, to lead us. You, you know, you brought up the, you know, what you kind of see happening. you even in the church, um of course, in the culture, but our the devotion to the, just the 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 instinctive devotion to leaders that think like we do um and we we create these groups even within our own family yeah yeah of of churchdom um instead of looking to jesus we we divide by uh there's division within the own church our own church family, even though we may we believe in the resurrection, we believe he's coming again. But there's still these factions, um, and you saw that you know big time over over you know the fall during political ideologies and some political unrest. Yeah, it started to fracture a little bit.
1: It started to fracture, and, and then it became a if you are if you're not following the the guy, the girl, whatever that I'm following, and instead you're following this person. Then I, then you are, I'm rejecting you outright. Zero song game. Yeah. And it's weird because over the years, that's not, that's not a new thing in even in the American church. When you think back over the years, I remember when um, uh, there used to be a, a video thing called the elephant room. Uh, I think is what it's called. And it was like Mark Driscoll, Matt Chandler, oh, yeah. James McDonald. Yep. And they had TD Jakes on as a guest. Okay. And yes. yeah, good lord, you'd have thought they'd have had a porn star on. On the way that the the response was, people were like, oh, TD wow. T. Jakes, we can't be, you know. And one, I, th- well, I don't remember which one of the guys. One of the guys resigned because he couldn't, you know, be associated with with Bishop Jakes. And uh, so so that that part's not entirely new. Sure. Uh, and by the way, uh, people that know me know this that in a, if I could uh, come back as any way... if I could be like TD <laughs> T. Jakes, that dude. Have you ever seen anything like it? Like that dude could preach for like an hour and a half with, as best I can tell, no notes. Like there's right. no confidence monitors. Right. They're cry- They're screaming. They're like, I'm like oh, that. That dude. I'll, anyway, sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm clearly, if you've been to conduit, that is not. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> it's not how it's that not goes. Style. Even kind of. Um, but in this modern version of it, this last year, I felt it. Friends of mine that are pastors that I that I consider friends that have put their, um, what's the word support maybe behind a certain person. And that if mine is not only not behind that, but behind someone else, that's not that, then we're kind of cut off from each other. And I'm trying to be vague. Uh, I don't sure. mean to be, but because these are friends of mine and,
0: sure,
1: um, and that's what Paul says that is, is, uh, he calls it being worldly, um, to be divided over leaders, uh, in in Galatians he specifically refers to that as. Uh, let me pull down here. He he refers to that specifically as being worldly. I think it's in. Oh, here's the verse, but is it verse seven? I think it's Galatians chapter two. Uh, verses seven, eight, nine. No, it's not. First it's it, Corinthians three. 1 Corinthians three. There's a thing, I wanted you to see it in Galatians because he talks about it again. Paul, this was important of where Paul kept bringing it up over time. But yeah, 1 Corinthians 3, he does say that about being uh, worldly, that when you come at this from this perspective, when you're making me choose you and you choose you, whatever, that uh, that it is a, a version of being worldly. Of course, every Bible college we've ever been to, we would have said that being worldly was about you know drinking, smoking, right. sex before marriage, all those things. But he le- he levels this as an exact version of that. Wow. That, um, and it's hard because, like, I get it that there are leaders in our world that have done things that need to be checked, that need to be dealt with. Uh, the heartbreaking story of what happened in the life of Ravi Zacharias sure. in the last few years of his life. Um, I... It's funny. On the one hand, I keep thinking uh, maybe in the someone should write a book that would be things I thought should have been obvious in the ministry but weren't. Like I would put For owning reasons. massage parlors under that category. Let's like that. That's the thought, thought that was obvious. But let's say, in case you were wondering if you're going to be a pastor, let's not own massage parlors. Correct. You know, especially if you've traveled internationally, Lynn, know that massage parlors are uh, sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but it was heartbreaking to what happened to these. these women i mean this is just sad you know um but to then conflate that and say that anybody that is leading uh because they've got a strong personality or because they've got a strong whatever that's um it's not accurate number one it's not fair uh and and it's not helpful and paul says it's worldly yeah um and we're seeing that in our town we're seeing it you know i i I find myself when I mentions names from stage, sometimes I'm like, I I'm, i don't know what emails I'm going to get because somebody in that room has been offended by that person. And, um and I, I've gotten emails, I've gotten phone calls about it. And, you know, and I'm always open to hearing and talking and, but he lays this out in this chapter uh one of this uh, letter to the church at Corinth saying, Hey, some of you guys say you're about Apollo. Some of you say you're about Cephas, which is uh peter i think it's the aramaic uh, yes. for for peter um and then he says and some of you say you're about uh christ which we 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 hear that a lot these days i so people well, I'm, I'm just a jesus person i'm not gonna go to church i'm gonna just pull away from it all that that can be one of the most divisive things ever because most times when they're saying well i'm just about jesus um th- but i'm not about the church you know it's like saying i love your uh, i love you but i hate your wife. Um, backhanded compliment yeah and so he sort of uses that as the, the the thing but um he says that's worldly like that's just and you know I, I love that he brings up peter because peter uh was the one that said we should use uh that you have to be circumcised you know and then in galatians 2 that's when he actually says so he, i i came to peter and i talked about him and i i opposed him strongly like i, I had a <laughs> words with him and i'm sure he did you know i'm yeah, he got to be circumcised to go to the church at uh, Galatia. Like that's you know, it's not a big selling point. Nope. Um, and but at the end of the day, Paul could have if anybody could have said Peter is abusive. Peter was mean. You, I mean, it's a. I would say I would feel abused if someone. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to go to church here, but here's an exacto knife before we go. You know, before you come in the door, uh, that would feel abusive. But um, but he didn't consider it abuse. He considered it just a misuse of the gift and and and, but instead of throwing peter under the bus he says but peter has a role in this thing he has a calling in this thing let's not throw him under the bus he's called to the jewish people of course he's confused about circumcision but we're all coming to the same mind and trust on it he throws it about apollos out there and what what is where i think this means that the culture is seeping in because it was happening corinth it was happening in rome This one's, you know, not for this letter, but over the years, I'm for Nero. I'm for this emperor. You know, they would throw their names after the Senate. And when that comes into the church, that is not Christ. That is the world. And in this day, golly, especially in this day, we desperately need uh, to be united around the gospel and not around uh, leaders and and to that end, one more thing on that, because another thing that makes it about the world um, is you're not supposed to be a follower of Darren anyway. Like right. that's not who I'm. I'm pointing you to Jesus. If you're following me, uh, you've got big problems on your hand, um, and you're not supposed to follow me. You're supposed to follow Jesus. Jesus is the pastor of Conduit Church. We we play a role inside of that church, but what. Have we seen in our culture, we've seen it more than ever in our lifetime, this political leader represents this. We saw that Trump represented something. Biden represented something. And if you had their name on your thing, like becoming a follower of them uh, means I have to hate someone else. um, That can't be in the... It has no place in the church. Yeah. Um, Not only does it have no place in it, but that's what Jesus died to get rid of anyway. Like... If you put your hope in Darren, like you're kind of screwed mm-hmm. not kind of you're full blown. Um, and if I put my hope in a president, um, I'm, I'm screwed. Yeah. And so getting it back to Christ, which is what he said in acts or in first Corinthians one or two, I'm sorry, verse chapter two, verses one, two, three, four. He said, when I came to you at Corinth, I came to you with nothing, but I resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Uh, I didn't come to you with eloquence of words a great speech, well-crafted arguments. I just came to you with Jesus, him crucified in fear and trembling and the demonstration of the power. Here's it is, the Holy Spirit. And that to me is what uh, uh, the Corinth church is what caused it to survive, uh, ultimately caused it to thrive. And it's what's causing, you know, if you think the global church right now, whenever I hear people talk about the church is in trouble, I just think it's absolutely hilarious Yeah, because they have no idea how big of a white privilege that is to say that is the american church in trouble? Yeah, we're struggling. There's there struggles happening in our church. But I assure you the african church is not in trouble. Right. They're exploding, like exponentially exploding. The church in asia mm-hmm. is exploding, and the one thing that every one of these churches I'm talking about has in common is the power of the holy spirit. Uh, they like even when they preach, man, they're not they don't prepare like we do, like for right. hours and hours and hours. They just show up and open the Bible and let the Lord lead them. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no consultants. There's no nothing. And, and I understand our culture is different in some ways, but maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's the problem. Yeah,
0: yeah. how do we get back to that? And I guess that's one of my questions, too, is how do we, how do we divorce ourselves from culture but still be salt in culture? Yeah. Like, what's the balance
1: well, that's—so the, so the next—so the leaders, putting uh, uh, putting your hope in a leader and against another leader is part of being a part of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the next thing that I saw in, in Corinth here was that then he's saying, but you can't put your hope in the culture either. Right. And your hope is in that, I think, when you go to chapter 3, verses 18, 19, 20, um, don't deceive yourself. So this is 1 Corinthians three eighteen. Do not, deceive your, do, you, uh, do not deceive yourselves, which, by the way, is an interesting word, way to put that. You can deceive yourself. Right. Like, literally, lie to yourself without even... No, we, in modern context, we call that a confirmation bias. Right. But all that is, is I'm deceiving myself. Uh, if any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. And what he's saying is that the best attempts that we have at this are still complicated and and complex and inadequate and foolish in the eyes of God. Not just because God thinks you're an idiot, but it's, I used the metaphor Sunday, but, you know, uh, Audrey and and Lily, you know, uh, Lily's two years old. There's some things that Audrey could try to explain to Lily that would actually make perfect sense to you and me, and to Lily it doesn't make no sense at all because her mind is not formed in that way. Uh, someday I will fully know as I am fully known. That's what the Bible says mm-hmm. And I think that's what that means is like like spiritual puberty Suddenly so I'm like Oh It's all <laughs> coming together <laughs> now I say why this does that uh. But To be wise and the fools What we've seen right now Verse 19 For the wisdom of this world Is foolishness in God's sight As it is written He catches the wise In their craftiness And again That's Psalm 94 11 I think The Lord knows The thoughts of the wise Are futile Like that's a pretty interesting language to use for that, yeah. the wise, because I, I respect education. I think that learning, I mean, you guys know me, that's like half my life is information. And when he uses that word in that language, the thoughts of the wise are futile. <laughs> and now I look at, I'm 50 years old and I'm looking at our nation going, Yeah. Oh, dear God. He was right. Yeah. Like, it turns out God was right again. Like, dear God, meaning, dear God, you were right. Because just this last year, okay, the wisest people that we've had on the planet, supposedly, told us back in February of last year nobody goes around in a pandemic wearing a mask.
0: That's the smart, apparently, the smartest guy we got out there. Yes. You know, broadcasting it from the biggest networks in America. Yeah.
1: Our our surgeon general says, don't go buy masks. That's the wisest people. And then a month or two later, they're saying, okay, uh, we were wrong. Wear a mask. And then nine months later, okay, we were wrong. Wear two masks, which in and of itself is an admission that one apparently didn't work because we're going to wear two. And I know that's controversial for some of you guys, but listen, I'm just saying that the wisest people that we had on the planet could not agree yeah and 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 then eventually they would force each other to agree. I mean if you remember back in March uh the who probably most people wouldn't know this, but the who said social distancing was six uh, three feet yes they said that all the way through July or June, well we were saying six feet the wisdom of this world, so who gets to decide that the wisdom of this world, my point isn't to th- to throw rocks at them, but when he says this so that then verse twenty one so look, no more boasting about human leaders. <laughs> right they're all like, we're all humans at this point, yeah. and they're going to get it wrong and for us to keep the culture uh from leading us because the, the statement that I made on Sunday that I really believe with all my heart that if the church is as divided as the world around it, then that means that we're being influenced by the culture and not by Christ yeah and what has happened in this past few years. Is that the culture has invaded the church not in a way of like music or whatever, but like the ideologies of it have invaded us. And I, and I might add, if I if I can use one, because I'm a minute, I'm going to talk about Glennon Doyle. But if I might say one that even that every Christian could listen to and, and learn from a little bit, the idea that on a Sunday, that the pastor has to say uh, X, Y, and Z has to gr- give a great sermon that is compelling, that I have learned something, that I have. Uh, that is cultural, not Christian. Okay. Not, in, not, I'm not going to say it's a sinful. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that when you go to Haiti and open the Bible and they're and I'm an hour in and they're not done with me. Um, th- th- that's, uh, th- I, I, for me personally, I don't stress about preparing for a sermon in Haiti because I know nobody in that culture uh, has these high expectations of me because yeah. of TED Talks and because of entertainment and because of, um, I, I do think everybody should become good communicators. I believe that's a skill that's worth learning, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, uh, that is still a cultural pressure on on churches that is from culture and, and not from Christ. Uh, and at the same time, what we see is that in our current world, that... The infiltration of the culture has been um it's the word I'm looking for. Uh, the idea that I have to be authentically me. Uh that, that if I can't be who I am, then I'm not living honestly and I'm I'm living a lie. That is culture, that is not Christ. Interesting. That's what we're that's what our teenagers are being tick tocked right. to death over. Yeah. And we, we had such a great example of that in uh, just this past month when um, many of our listeners will have no idea who I'm talking about because you're not a female in your thirties and forties that reads blogs. But uh, for those that are Glennon Doyle used to have a blog, maybe still called that monastery. And it was followed by uh, millions of people and um, she's, she's a great writer. She's very uh, clever with her language. She's, she's great. She's very talented at what she did. Um, and the, the New Yorker, in promoting a new book that Glennon Doyle has coming out, the, the title of her this uh, article is called Glennon Doyle's Honesty Gospel. And what they're saying is that because uh, Doyle, because um, she's married, she's got children, but at some point she decides – uh, I don't love my husband the way I used to. I'm going to divorce and I want to be who I authentically really am, which ultimately uh, results in her divorcing and then marrying a soccer star, Abby Wambach. Um, that she is now a lesbian and now she's married to Abby Wambach. In, in the New Yorker's mind, that is her living, honestly. That's the culture. Now, in that, she still says I'm a Christian for, for, through most of this journey um that i'm i'm am I'm a christian still that that but i'm a christian who can also be this and but then as the journey continues and maybe that's what i'm hoping by the way that as this all plays out that when you see the first couple of years of this uh, maybe i could talk myself in or out of this but suddenly now there's 10 years into this and you right. begin to see that okay is this what she said is it really is it true um because she actually uh so she writes her first book it goes huge second book is about marriage, but she actually gets divorced like after, like as the book is coming out. So she's getting divorced. Uh, and then the third book is, which is coming out right now, is this is brand new identity and this new identity. So I, I'm a Christian uh, and now I'm a Christian who is divorced and in love with a woman. And the, But then now the new book, the new identity for her is that she doesn't, says in this article in The New Yorker, Doyle isn't even sure if she identifies as a Christian anymore. And by the way, even that language... Right,
0: the, yeah, identifies as.
1: Right. I get to identify as this. Is it, that's a very pregnant word. Yes. Very cultural word. Yes. Do I identify as a Christian? Uh, that's cultural language. Christian language is, am I crucified with Christ, yet I live? Am I who I am? So I identify as a Christian anymore. Sometimes I look back, is what she says, on the Christian ease I used to use, and I can't even recognize it, she said. But there's a lot about the actual biblical character Jesus that I'm obsessed with. She added, if I were going to write a story now about what love would do if it walked around on earth, I would make it a baby from the most oppressed, marginalized group. Uh, by the way, no irony in that because it, Jesus was, he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He was from an, so the irony that she doesn't even recognize that that's, <laughs> that's who there. Jesus already was uh, <laughs> on earth. I would make it a baby from the most depressed, marginalized group. I would make Jesus like a transgender black woman. So now that's the new honesty. And, and the, I'm saying that to suggest to you that if this is really about honesty so which version of is it, is it honest then? Was she right. lying to me two books ago? Was she lying three books ago? Is she lying to me now? If it's about honesty, but it's not about honesty. That's the, you can call it honesty all day long, but it's about me choosing who I want to be. And then you have to be okay with that. That's a cultural thing. That's not a Jesus thing. Um, And actually, and here's what she says later in the piece here. Some of the criticism I've received about Untamed, which is the book, is, does the fact that she's so different in this book mean that her other books were lies? Right. Not many writers have more than one memoir in them, which is kind of funny, because, I mean, my friend... Don Miller says that memoirs are basically about being a, what's the word when you're a narcissist? It's like a narcissist's thing to be a a memoir. (laughs) Um, Not many writers have more than one memoir in them, but Doyle has had more than one life. Mm. To write a book, she told me, I always feel like I have to become a new person. Mm. So she's actually admitting that that's what she's doing. I'm having to become a new person for this. So is that honest? Or is that just the culture saying,
0: is that what Paul calls the wisdom of this world? I'll tell you what it is to me. It's exhausting because <laughs> it the, exhausting. The, Bi- the Bible is full of biblical principles that are foundational. There, there are lines and boundaries and guidelines that have been drawn that are consistent. They've been there for centuries. They've proven themselves over and over and over again. These these are things that you can count on. You can live your life by. And this ideology, what is you know progressive Christianity or whatever they want to call it, the lines are always being moved. The bar is always being changed. The goal keeps shifting. They keep erasing lines and drawing new ones. And to what end? And yeah. it's exhausting. And it
1: is why we cannot let culture lead us. Yeah because culture changes and nobody i mean nobody gets to like nobody knows who says what culture is right like there's no culture you know czar and now here's the
0: you know thing correct
1: um and yeah
0: and it which comes back to this idea of authority like who ultimately do you bow to yeah like who has the final say yeah
1: and this is important because when i hear people say that we need to accept x y or z you
0: talking about chromosomes
1: actually i was not but now i kind of (laughs) am now i kind of am uh that i have to accept that uh based on and by the way there are government mandates that are coming these the equality act or things that are happening that are that are now community like they're, they're conflating those things together but when um when a guy like stan mitchell from grace point church uh who's not with grace point any longer stan has now driven i think two churches into the ground um one of the greatest ironies. Can I just say this? I guess I can say this. I, I met with Stan eight years ago because uh, he was one of the smartest guys in town. One of the guys, if I, you know, if, if you were looking for someone who's got the wisdom of this world and becoming wise, they became fools. There's a little bit of that that happened in Stan's world because Stan was looking at our mission budget and saying, "You have to choose what you want to be. Your model is not sustainable." We were sitting at Panera in Cool Springs. Yeah. And I walked away from that meeting so discouraged because he was right uh, in that we were going to fail on the money. We had given it all away. um, But what was not right was that the power of the Holy Spirit had other plans for us. And the irony, the reason I bring it up was that the model that he has gotten, which is that Jesus may or may not be the son of God, Jesus may or may not resurrected from the dead, Jesus may or may not. then people who are wise and smart thinking, people say, well, then I'm keeping my money then. I'm not right. going to church on Sunday. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to go do other things. And so
0: sure. the, the
1: one thing that in the progressive world that is not, the churches don't seem to be able to hold together very well. Right. Uh, and I think they don't because, again, Paul said it, if without Christ you know, resurrected, we are more hopeless than all of them. Uh, and if he had not been resurrected, again, Mo and Darren would probably be starting an artist management company and putting Micah on our TikTok channel and, <laughs> <laughs> and making it happen. But um, I say that rabbit trail to come back to the idea that we cannot let culture lead the church because the culture ever changes. You were talking before the, we started here about Ephesians four and, and being tossed around in every wind of doctrine.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so in Ephesians four, it's the, the third threat of our triple threat series. It's the third set of gifts that are outlined in scripture Paul is talking to the church of, in Ephesians, and and the in the city of Ephesus was being driven heavily by culture. Yet again, it's like all these letters to the church were these warnings, these admonishments to to work together in, in Christ, and not necessarily fight against the government, but to learn how to work together in the midst of a government that is against you, right. or an ideology that is against you. And one of his admonishments to the Church of Ephesus in chapter 4 of Ephesians is to mature in these gifts, to mature in your faith, to know what you believe, and to not change your mind at every new idea, to be grounded yeah. firmly in Christ.
1: You know, that uh, that idea uh, of ideas, I, I read it on Sunday in Acts chapter 17, which was... Um, I don't know. I thought it was funny, but uh, nobody laughed. So, you know, <laughs> no. what I mean? you know, those moments where you think, I think this is yeah. really funny, but nobody yeah. really thought it was funny. Yeah, I think of that all the time. <laughs> I know. It's a story of my life. Um, but when Paul was in Athens, uh, it talked about the the culture of Athens. And it said that, uh, verse 21, Acts chapter 17, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. now, there's a part of me, by the way, that thinks that actually could be a lot of fun. Like, just sit around and talk about ideas, whatever. But that's not how you change the world. No. And the problem with that, the more you sit around and talk about ideas, is the more futile you begin to realize <laughs> that some of these ideas are yes. with it. And when he goes back to saying that the wisdom of the world is foolishness in the eyes of God, um, that coming back to the culture defining who we are as a church, if the Chinese culture begins to define the culture of the church in China. They're going to become uh, an abusive, uh, marginalizing, oppressive church. Uh, The Chinese culture right now thinks that, you know what, three million Uyghur Muslims, uh, the way to solve that, what they would call a problem, Mm -hmm. is to intern them in camps, to reeducate them, to torture them, to imprison them. Our President Biden uh in it uh, was asked in an interview just last week um but and maybe he's clarified since then so i, I want to be fair if i can to him uh but on the other hand this is kind of an easy question right right w- what do we have to say about china in this and the answer is pretty easy that's evil don't do that right don't imprison and torture but his answer was that it was cultural
0: yes uh
1: We can't let that become the culture of our country, but we sure as heck can't let that become the culture of the uh, Chinese church, the the culture of Russia. Do they get to the side? And and, and that is, I guess, when I come, the global view that I've been just blessed with has been that, because when it comes to marriage, when it comes to gender, uh, when it comes to finances, when it comes to Uh, good and evil, whatever. I can't let a culture tell me what is good and what is evil. We have to have some higher source Mm -hmm. for that. We believe, uh, and I believe confidently, that it's the Bible, um, that, that God's word, love your neighbor as yourself. Like what Glennon Doyle was saying about there are certain aspects of Jesus that I like, I would pick and choose that one when Paul says uh, chapter 2 is Christ divided. The answer is no. Like It's not like I can take Jesus and put him on the table and cut him up with a pizza cutter and just take the pieces that I want, mm-hmm. uh, pick off the black olives or whatever. Like it's, That's the, the entirety of who Jesus is. And, and the same Jesus that said uh, to love your neighbor as yourself also said, hey, and go and sin no more to the woman at the well. Yeah. Uh, he he told uh he said things that were uncomfortable that were true uh and i me picking and choosing that is then making god in my image and not allowing him to make me in in his image and when the culture is at the charge of that um the, and the bible calls it here in first corinthians he actually refers to it as the wisdom of this world that is that's that's culture that's a yeah. king james version. Of culture, because the the culture isn't a law. The culture is the wisdom of our world. Um,
0: An unbelieving world.
1: Yes. Sinful world. The Genesis 3 world. The culture in Haiti right now says that a poor mother who has uh, little children that she cannot care for says that if there's a rich family in Port au Prince that wants to take their child in. Uh, and make them work for them, they'll feed them and they'll give them a place to sleep. Their culture says that is okay. They don't send them to school. They don't pay them. We call that slavery. Correct. They call them restaviks in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's happening uh, and the reason mothers do it willingly is their culture has said that is okay. Um, And it's not, and we can't let that culture tell us. And there are things in our culture that we cannot let, tell us what is right and wrong and so we we said on sunday christ is greater than culture and he's greater than the togo culture he's greater than the moroccan culture um when we think of culture i'm not just talking about food right i'm not talking about uh the 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 moroccan or the mediterranean food like it's actually the, the actual wisdom of the world is what we're talking about the wisdom of their world the wisdom of our world is what we're talking about and the
0: last thing I've been running my mouth a lot on this podcast. It's good. You're back in town. You're fresh.
1: I was a little grumpy on Sunday. Did you notice? I texted Mo after first service. Like, (laughs) dude, that felt a little intense. Was that as intense as I thought it was? And he said, a little bit.
0: (laughs) Just dial it back a notch. Just one notch. A little
1: bit. But I don't know. It's hard because I do recognize that we live in a different country.
0: Yeah, but here's what I love about Conduit and your heart and um, the fact that it traveling abroad and bringing Jesus into other cities and countries and other cultures should and does give us an absolute perspective in life to what we have here yeah. in Williamson County, Tennessee, in the south, the Bible Belt of America. Yeah. And it's so easy for us to be so comfortable in our ideas and in our uh, routine, our routine of Christianity, that when we're forced otherwise, you know, when I took my first trip to Haiti about four years ago, it absolutely rocked my routine. That was four years ago? And I was so uncomfortable. We got to get you back. So much chaos, so many questions, but to see the freedom that they had, the love, the urgency that they had for the gospel was the shock that i needed to see and experience to kind of wake me up, snap snap me out of it. Yeah. And so you know, you coming back from that, you can you can feel that, you can see that <laughs> in you. Um that sense of urgency of of truth and perspective. Yeah, cuz when you come back
1: from it, when Paul says i resolve to know chapter 2 verse one or two first Corinthians, I resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified right
0: uh,
1: there's hardly anything more there's nothing more unifying than that, mm-hmm. and in Haiti okay that's pretty uh easy for them to resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified because the government's not coming for them um. Uh, I I don't know why it hit me this t- this trip more than others cuz it's not like this is brand new information to me but but like there's no 911 there. Right. You know, and that sounds simple but putting yeah. my hope yeah. in that is and and what I was I guess what I was really felt like the Lord was sort of um challenging me on was the tension between enjoying the blessings without putting my hope in the blessings. Right. And it is a blessing that if something were to happen here that, uh, I needed help that I could dial nine one one and very well trained, uh, people would come and help me. Um, one of the things we did while we were there is this girl, Farah, that I have uh, sponsored; that she's been like a daughter to me for 15 years now. She's 23, which is weird. Yeah. She's sick and she's really sick. Haitian hospitals can't help her. And I can't, I can afford to send her to the Dominican. I can afford to get her there. And we still can't get her there. Mm. The visa process, the Dominican process, the passport, the, you know, it's like, so this girl's literally just laying in suffering, uh, and suffering. But, but we have a blessing of having this, but she had this big smile on her face in the middle of all that, because she's kind of resolving to know nothing now, but Christ and him crucified. And there's a gift in that, in that suffering that we haven't, um, haven't had here. And I, from being honest, I pray we don't, but at the same time, I pray that we can find a way to, uh, maybe it's why Jesus said, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He never said it was impossible.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, Oh, wait a minute. That's not true. He did say it was impossible, (laughs) but the very next sentence he says, but with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that uh, is what we need in our country right now. Our church in America is up against an impossible, uh, enemy. But with God, all things are possible. In the
0: Church of Canada right now is experiencing a whole nother level. Yes. And, you know, we have really good friends that are in the Vancouver area. Glenda, and Andrew Basher, and if you're listening, you probably... We love you guys, yeah. We love you guys, and you're probably thinking, it's probably nowhere near Vancouver, but from... It's not. Okay, well, it's from near Spok- two
1: hours north of Spokane.
0: <laughs> okay, well, it's in that direction, you know, yeah. you know. We're not staring at a map all the time, but <laughs> I just know it's up that way. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the religious persecution that is happening in Canada right now, all in the guise of safety of the coronavirus, is quite frankly, disgusting and unnerving. Um, and it's, it's, it's what will, what will happen next? When is the next line drawn? I mean, there's, there's, they're not allowed to gather at all. I mean, six people or less still a year later, here we are. Their numbers are so incredibly low, lower than in America by far. They cannot gather on a Sunday. Um, they've, uh, talking to Glenda, um, You know, you can label your, your small groups as support groups. Those are allowed per their department of health, um, but not a small group.
1: So isn't, so that's the wisdom of this world, right? The wisdom of this world says that this is allowed, uh, if you call it a support group
0: support group for mental health.
1: Yeah. Doesn't make it any more or less dangerous about the virus, which is really a truth. And that's not about the virus. Mm -hmm. That is about something completely different.
0: And church pastors are being arrested at this point. I mean, there's one specifically in the news, uh, Pastor Coates um, in Alberta. And um, he is in a jail cell right now awaiting a trial um, for gathering, quote-unquote, illegally. Yeah. And this this is where we're at. I mean, this is real-time, real stuff that's happening.
1: And for us in our world, in our culture... We have a chance right now to say to the culture, we will bow. We will we will uh, acquiesce. This morning, Bethany Children's Services, the largest Christian adoption organization in the country, yep. announced that they would allow same-sex couples to adopt through their organization. Yes. Um, there is a risk to those who don't that they could lose federal funding, or that they could lose tax ID uh, status.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I personally uh, believe that an organization that, you know, in, in this country, the, the, the way the Constitution is written, is allowed to make those decisions or not make those decisions, but they shouldn't be forced to make those decisions. Mm-hmm especially because of a a conscience of faith. Uh, There are uh, places in our country right now where uh, a a same-sex couple could adopt. It's not like just because they couldn't do it through Bethany that they couldn't adopt at all. They just couldn't do it through there. Um, And and I don't pretend to know what Bethany Children's Services is doing. I don't don't know why. Uh, But I know that that is coming for us uh, this, uh, this equality act, which then equates gender, um, it equates sexual preference, it equates it all into one thing, puts it all into one lump sum. Mm-hmm. And then to say that uh, if, a, uh, if a church um, does not allow, because they're not leaving a religious exemption, that's, that's very different than what has been before, mm-hmm. that we could lose our tax-exempt status mm-hmm. over that. And I say, uh, come and get it
0: uh it's a pretty easy decision. It's pretty
1: easy. Uh this isn't complicated. as it relates to the gospel. If I if I'm led by the culture, it's complicated. Yes. But if I'm led by the Bible, it's not complicated. Um is it loving, right? Absolutely it's loving. It's loving for me to recognize that the way that God designed us and the same way when I go to West Africa where which is a culture of polygamy, and in that culture, they say in that uh, culture that a man should marry three or four wives, that those children uh, now have like a hundred children, and but they all have to work in the fields uh, because they don't have any money to provide. That guy has no way to provide for that family, um, and that culture says that that's right. But the gospel, Jesus says, one man, you know, when when a, a man leaves his you know, family and and marries, and you know, like that 's the the way the Bible the way we were designed and it turns out it actually works great in the world that way um right. A masculine and a feminine was exactly the way that we were designed it 's the way it works even in nature. but I would say that uh you can make laws about that if that 's the world that 's corinth that 's Rome. they made all kinds of crazy laws in Rome um but to come and force it on us and say that we have to do that, there are definitely things where we would say no as as a church. And if we lose our tax-exempt status, uh, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have done that as it relates to our, our gatherings. We did not gather uh, just to stick it to the government. We gathered starting in June because it was right. Uh, we let the power of the Holy Spirit fall. We let the wisdom of the Holy Spirit lead us. And that's uh, what we... we It's what we need more than I think anything else right now in our lives is a a reminder, a re-engagement, a a re-acquaintance with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives because uh, everything I just said, uh, if if a a journalist picks that up and puts it on Twitter, will be considered uh, hate speech Sure. uh, in our culture. In Uganda, they would say, that's common sense. Why are you... um, culture is saying this, and we're saying we're going to allow this. And I would, for me, that that's where the Holy Spirit has to come into our lives, because what the Holy Spirit is going to do is give us the boldness to be the witnesses. And boldness is another word for courage. And what we need more than anything, I think, is the Holy Spirit in us, because the courage we need not to stand against the government, but to stand against the culture. Yes. Um, Because the pressure is mind numbing
0: right now. Stand against a culture and learn how to work together as believers, how to live together as believers. Yeah. complementing one another. Finishing one another. We are the body of Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, First Corinthians thirteen, when he talks about the Holy Spirit, uh those gifts of the Spirit in First Corinthians uh twelve, he goes right into thirteen. Hey, and by the way, all that is nothing without love. Uh yes. the the primary fruit of the spirit. It's the fuel is love and I know that uh, for me, I for sure need the Holy Spirit because part of what made me a little even intense for service is I was all probably all in my head and not in my heart, sure uh, but when the when the Holy Spirit is moving, love is going to be uh, the primary thing I, I you know I, I love those children in Haiti. I love what God is doing there. I you know allowing that to become even a part of our culture, Glennon Doyle, I desperately would love for her to come to Christ to come back to not the black trans Jesus that she's created in her head, but the living resurrected Christ who loves her in the (laughs) same way that he loved the woman at the well, in the same way that he loved those who crucified him in the same way he loves us. And when I come at that with Christ in him crucified, I can look at somebody like her, not as an enemy, uh, but as a hostage that Jesus wants to save and wants to love. Um, They can call that hate all day long, but that's not what it is. It's us saying, man, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, including me.
0: Yeah. Well, as we wrap up this episode, we wanted to kind of look ahead and let you know that we are holding Easter services this year. We are really excited about that. We were unable to last year, um, but we're back and we will be having two Easter services on April the 4th, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at Conduit Church. All the information is at our website, conduitchurch.com. And our theme this year is can't be stopped. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because we can't
0: be stopped this year. (laughs) Yeah, when Mo
1: floated. So that was Mo, by the way. That was Mo's idea. And when he floated that out, I was like, it just jumped inside of me. Because that's, the enemy has tried to stop the church this last year. Tried to stop the move of the Spirit and what we have seen in our country, what we've seen—I'll tell you what I saw in Haiti: he can't be stopped. Mm. Those folks—they were not stopped. They've—they've <laughs> yeah. they've got a government crisis. They've got a. Uh, actually, Haiti kind of opted out of the pandemic, which was a fascinating. They uh, said no, no to, thanks. Yeah, we're like, no We're we're going to pass on that. Um, but the Jesus is still moving. Churches are being planted. The gospel is going
0: forth. Um, the resurrection can't be stopped yeah. or couldn't be stopped. Right. His return can't be stopped. His church will not be stopped. And so we are, we're going to wave that banner this year. And if you want to join us, we would love to have you on Easter Sunday, which is only a month away, believe it or Weird.
1: not. And it's going to be outside. Outside under the, tent, under the tent. the big tent. Yeah. Building, it's funny, I was so bummed that our building wasn't going to be finished, uh, but I'm so stoked to be under that tent one more time because <laughs> God just does amazing things under that tent so yeah
0: yeah come and join us on that yeah come know. and join us you can always find you can always find any information that you would possibly want about conduit at our website of course all of our socials easy to find just search conduit church we're glad to have Darren back in town and um, glad to be able to catch up on this deeper podcast. And like I said, if you didn't get a chance to catch on last week's with our student director and our kids director, uh, jump in and, and listen to that as well. I know Darren listened to that on his trip. It was so good. And, uh, yeah, I was
1: texting you from the hotel room. I had terrible internet, but I so kept <laughs> clicking in and out. I was in the cold shower, but I'm listening to Joey. And,
0: you know, it was just so good. Yeah. The guys, the guys did great. So thank you for joining us this week. And we look to having you join us again next week.